0: Brent Hansen is on the show with us right now. He's a radio host. He's the author of Blessed or Blessed (laughs) are the Misfits. Great news for believers who are introverts, spiritual strugglers, or uh, those who just feel like they're missing something. something. While church culture and culture at large seems largely designed for the extroverted, it's uh, estimated that half of the population is introverted. And they're often left wondering how, even if, they fit into the kingdom of God. As one of them, popular radio host Brant Hansen, brings news. Good news. It's a new kind of good news. Ooh. I don't want to step on Jesus with the whole good news thing. No, but of course it's not. It's wonderful, refreshing, and never been said this way before stuff. And in his unique style, Hansen looks to uh, answer questions that millions of people carry with them each day. Brant, um, I always get this picture, and I think I first... Heard this analogy through a a guy I use. I think I've read every one of his books, I've met him a couple times, and uh, his name is Mike Iaconelli. Do you know that name at all?
1: Yes, big time.
0: Oh, so Iaconelli says in one of his books this, this deal where you know, all these people, him and a bunch of people are following Jesus and they're just walking behind him, and all of a sudden Jesus turns around and looks right at him at Mike Iaconelli, goes, You come here, follow me. And he, he's like, wow, me? Really? You picked me out of everybody? And he starts to move forward. And Jesus goes, no, 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 not you. No, the guy behind you. That's who I was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway, good
1: stuff. Um, I love him, by the way. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, basically, we're talking about, again, Yacinelli's big quote, Lord of the Losers. And uh, you, mm-hmm. but you're a successful loser now. You can't be in the loser gang anymore.
1: You're like a big radio dude. No, and I think you can confirm this. Whatever I think, Dave Barry said this is like whatever you thought you were in eighth grade. That's what you are. <laughs> oh, like, uh-oh.
0: oh man! Oh.
1: You know what I'm talking? Like in your mind, especially for guys, he said, "In your mind, that's still like in the guys who are really athletic and awesome and all that." They go back to the class reunion; they still think it.
0: Yeah, they ain't, but, but they still those, think
1: it. Right, and then there's those of us that you know. I was the president of the stamp collecting society and library <laughs> club, and. I played the flute in my band, and so that's who I am. Yeah. That's, that's, that matter. But did you play your flute like, flute like Ron Burgundy?
0: Oh, that's some serious flute playing, Mister Burgundy.
1: Yeah. yeah, pretty good. I I I, put, I have a story in the book about when I got trapped in a folding chair at band practice, and nobody <laughs> helped me. and I was no. just flipping around like a fish, wrestling with uh, folding chair. Uh, uh. <laughs> And to this day, I mean, again, it's that shapes you forever. So it doesn't matter whatever happens now. It doesn't matter. But in my head, I'm still in a folding chair on the floor.
0: <laughs> I like this. I mean, I love the concept of this book, and I love exactly where you're going with this because I think we're trained, or you know, the when I I've not been a part of the tribe for quite a number of years now. But back when I was in the tribe. I think that the tribe is trained to believe that you gotta have a testimony, you gotta have a, you gotta be able to lift Uh lift your hands up in the air and praise the Lord, and you've Uh gotta you've gotta do this extroverted stuff. Why? Because everyone on stage has some extroversion about them, and yet when you when you're sitting there like some awkward, nerdy, you know, Jesus follower, and you're you're socially retarded, uh, how do you do Mm -hmm. it? How do you do it when that's all that's modeled to you?
1: Right. And you know what's really weird? I got, and this is kind of what prompted the book, I was asked to speak at this one church, and they were real nice to me. They they asked me back a lot, times I don't get asked back. (laughs) Me too. I I got to speak, and it was actually one of those really good, they're actually really tight, uh, worship bands with the fog machine and the lasers and the holograms and all that stuff and couches and things up there. And it was good. And I got done, they got done, and I went up there, and I said, how many people, just be honest, how many of you during the worship set, the music set they just did, were feeling like, man, whatever everybody else is feeling, I'm not feeling it. Right. And, and over half the people raised their hands. This is like probably eight or 900 people in a hip church. Hmm. So everybody's thinking that everybody else is having a spiritual experience, and, and it's emotion tied. Like, everybody else is having these emotions, and i I just am finding, actually, a lot of us just aren't. And there's a huge number of us, and it doesn't mean that God doesn't exist or that somehow he's turned his back on us. It's just, that's just, it's just emotions. Yeah. And some of us are just wired differently, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that actually denominations are broken down more into personality type than they are theology or doctrine. Huh yeah I like think something to that like well yeah i mean if you're a, if you're a happy clappy kind of person who doesn't mind showing everyone your armpits while you're singing to you know erotic love songs to your boyfriend jesus you go to that church mm-hmm. if you want to keep your arms down because you have you know perspiration problems and you're an overthinker and an analytical putz, then you go to that other church you know
1: yeah, I think that's true. I also think, just in general, we so conflate emotion and spirituality. It's even like, even in, forget Christianity for a second. Look at the memes on Facebook that are spiritual memes. It's always somebody silhouetted against the sun. They're always on a cliff or on the beach or whatever. It's like you're having this moment. <laughs> yeah. And I have never, ever had that moment. I could line up the beach and the cliff. I could helicopter in somewhere to you know make sure I'm still wet against the sun, but I'm still not feeling it. No. And so I think even even just out there in the night guys in general, we associate emotion with spirituality. And it seems like what I what I am gaining from my life over time, realizing as I read Bible stories and stuff like God doesn't equate emotion with spirituality. He equates me actually obeying by loving my enemies and praying for people. And serving people, he equates that with spirituality. And I don't necessarily have to feel anything to do that. It's still
0: an act of love. Does that make sense? Oh, totally, totally. Okay. You know these these questions that are part of your setup for your book here. I want to go through these because they they just actually <laughs> kind of tie in uh, quite nicely to a segment we did earlier in the show. You you probably huh. don't don't know this, Brant, but um, s- uh, back in 2010, after seven years of hosting this show, I came out. It admitted during an interview with Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias that I was no longer convinced that there's a God. Um, Mostly because after 30 years of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, quote-unquote, I realized that this God I was serving wasn't actually all that personal. And then going going public as a doubter, not an atheist, but just, you know, a full-fledged doubter, no longer considering myself part of the evangelical tribe of certainty, I left. I left organized religion. I left the church. And I sort of left it up to God to reveal himself to me through one of those tangible encounters I kept hearing so many in my tribe talk about. And I've just recently, seven years later, made the decision to crawl back, not because I've had some great encounter, but because I'm just broken to pieces and I've had a really crap year. So I'm still not sure if there's a God, but my, my life was better when I thought there was a God. So now what do I do? Do I just, you know? Bucket up and pretend yep. and move forward. So, you, one of your questions here is, how does God interact with those who who seem spiritually numb?
1: And I, I think I feel that way. So, what's your answer? Well, I think he he, he reveals Himself, and it's not in it's it's not in this big emotional way, but I do think he interacts with us through other people. Yeah, um, I do think there's truth in the Bible as well, and the Bible even points at nature. As a, as a way of revelation. I think he does that, too. Just there's certain things about beauty and goodness and truth that we can see about him. But all that to say, I, I need to get all theological and stuff, A, because I can't, because I'm not very good at it, but B, like, um, I think we have these expectations, and maybe you did, for what that relationship looked like and the, the relational payoff Yep, that is is in all these songs, like draw me close to you, never let me go, you know, I, I feel the warmth of your embrace. I start the book by saying, I've never felt that yeah. in my entire life. Raised in church, preacher's kid, done the, I was a youth pastor, and now I'm in Christian radio, right? So I know this evangelical world like the back of my hand, but I've never felt that. Does that I've had to deal with being an analytical person and going, does that mean that God doesn't exist? Or maybe I'm going about this the wrong way, but I do think those are ways that he interacts with us. Um, And then I think there are some sudden answers to prayer, at least that happened to me, on one or two occasions that are just shocking. Um, So, and I don't know what to do with them. Even as a a natural skeptic, I'm not sure what to do with them.
0: Well, one of the other questions you've got here that, you know, you tackle in your book is, what if I'm I'm told I'm too analytical and I think too much? And uh, it sounds like we're on the same page with that, and... And and really, what I've heard from people is, oh, Drew, just you th- you're overthinking it. You just you just think uh-huh. too much. So you know, translate that, and that means okay, dumb it down, uh, and just drink the freaking Kool Aid.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, and I think that chases an awful lot of people away from faith too. It's like, well, why would I do that? Obviously, why? But I actually spend a chapter. I really would love to get your take on it. Sometimes that's beyond the air or whatever, but just. Just knowing your sensibilities and stuff. I send a chapter late in the book just explaining why Jesus. Just kind of starting start like trying to tell all the evangelical stuff, all the stuff that was, you know, the baggage I have and I have good reason to be skeptical of evangelicalism. I talk about my dad, the pastor, and the divorces and the affairs and the violent stuff. Um really? so here I am a skeptic, so why so why Jesus? I actually spend a chapter on that and basically it comes down to the alternatives to me aren't satisfying intellectually yep. um, so i think there's there's something to in your skepticism towards this christian thing in a really even-handed way that might chase you back to going doggone it if jesus isn't the most brilliant person who ever walked the planet like, he's right about human nature he's right that none of us are good he's right that we all try to justify ourselves no matter what we are all self-righteous like crazy just look on twitter it's not exclusive to Christians. Right. We've got a serious self-righteousness plot. Like, Jesus makes the most sense. And I'm not sure that the people that we bought as his critics, like like Dawkins or Harris or whomever, um, and, like these guys maybe, their arguments aren't as strong as I would have hoped for if I was being a skeptic. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but totally. I'd like to get your take on that chapter.
0: Totally does. Totally does. Um, again, I go, I hearken back to Mike Iaconelli's book. I know we're talking about your book, but there's a, uh, an analogy he throws out there with Charlie Brown and Lucy, and Charlie Brown goes up to uh, Lucy's uh, psych- psychiatrist booth, five cents for advice, and uh, Lucy says, Charlie Brown, life is like a cruise ship. Some people like to put their deck chair at the front of the cruise ship, and some people like to put their deck chair at the back of the cruise ship and see where they've come from. Some people like to see where they're going. You understand that, Tim? You oh, yeah. That? And Charlie Brown goes, I can't even get my deck chair unfolded.
1: Well, that works for him.
0: Yeah. But that's what I feel like. I feel like a very spirit. You know, I go into the bookstore. You know, the Jesus. I see all the Jesus books, and I was going to say I go into the Christian bookstore. I haven't been in one of those no, for a long you're, time. You're lying there. I am totally lying. And uh, but I see all these books about how you know seven ways to be Successful awesome spiritually, and Jesus I just think guy. I don't get it. I don't get it. So uh, Brent, let's actually talk about you know those that uh, you know who are maybe not good at yapping like you and I are or good at talking to people at all. And they're supposed to go witness and share the love of... You know, they're supposed to get all Kirk Cameron on people's backsides. Bring your own banana. All Mm -hmm. Ray Ray Comfort, bring your own banana.
1: Um, I don't know, man. I just don't... I don't get it. What do those people do? That's a big big thing because it's such a source of guilt for people. Like, so here's the thing. Evangelism is a gift that some people have, according to the New Testament. Some people... Have that as a gift, but we've managed to make it into a thing that all Christians are supposed to be doing. All it gets job number one, yeah. And they they take that from the Great Commission with Jesus as a disciple. So there's a verse there where he sends out his disciples to all the corners of the earth, and they go. I mean, they they really did, and they took off, and but then the rest of the New Testament, all these letters to churches and stuff, there isn't that emphasis. They're not telling everybody, hey, everybody in Corinth, you guys need to leave, you need to go into the four corners of the earth, you guys need to make evangelism, he doesn't even really talk about evangelism. Isn't it something? Like, and yet, there's this thing in pop Christian culture now, where it's, and I appreciate guys like Francis Chan and other guys, that they, they say a lot of great things, but it's like, dude, that's your gift. Mm-hmm. And now... Those of us who are awkward interpersonally, I'm fine on the radio, but you know this, too, guys. It's just you and maybe one other person in the studio. It's far different from striking up conversations with strangers on the bus and going, hey, if you died tonight, you know, like, this is a totally <laughs> different deal. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't uh,
0: but this is why, Brent, this is why Jack Chick tracks were invented. So you didn't have to talk. Right, you just scare the hell out of people with comics.
1: And that is still my plan. And so, <laughs> let will set that aside for a moment. Like for the rest of it, it's like we must be failing at at Jesus stuff. We must be failing because I haven't reached these people and not doing that, and I don't. It doesn't flow. And Francis Chan says, again, I really do like the guy. but Francis Chan says, it should flow. Like like you should be able to go up talk to people just like you go up to people and talk about baseball and. I want to jump through his book and go, dude. I don't talk about baseball with strangers. I actually just don't walk up to anybody. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. So I do talk to people about Jesus because he's interesting and he's obviously a big part of my life. But I'm not gifted with evangelism. If somebody else is awesome, I support it. But most of the emphasis in the New Testament is like about one another and like caring for one another.
0: Yeah, it's it, al- the it almost
1: the four corners of the earth.
0: It, it almost sounds
1: more humanism
0: than Christianity.
1: Well, it's at least it's just we all have different gifts, and we're supposed to we're supposed to support and love each other and welcome each other. Like it, the idea that someone's got a gift of evangelism—that's great, but that's not everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we can't look down at everybody who doesn't have that gift. Like yes, we can. That's life. <laughs> 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 oh, we can and we will. Oh yes. Oh no, you but,
0: didn't. Um... Brant, uh, we gotta hang sometime, man. Go st- don't move here because the weather sucks. So well, it does sucks now, but it gets nicer later. I'll come down. Where are you at? Where are you based at? Are you Florida or something? Where are you at?
1: I live in Pennsylvania, but right now I'm actually in Florida. I'm traveling, mm-hmm. and we're doing these like a traveling, believe it or not, doing stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, good luck with that. It's. Yeah, it's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, you had me up until uh, Pennsylvania. I know. You know what? I still have an outstanding speeding ticket in <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs>
1: I am not paying that. Well,
0: out.
1: yeah. Well, I'm Amish too, so that's where we have to live. And that's you know, it's it's a long story too. But I don't want to confuse people. I'm just kidding. I'm not. No.
0: No. Well, like, good good yeah. luck. Good luck with your cotton pants and uh, doing stand up from the back of a thank buggy. You. Stand up from the back of a buggy. Come on. That's got to be racist somehow. No prejudice. It's yeah. different. Okay. All right, Brant. Well, listen, folks. The uh, he's a radio guy. He's huge. He's just huge. He's huge. Uh, but he's written this book, and it's called "Blessed Are" or "Blessed Are the Misfits." Great news for believers who are introverts, spiritual strugglers, or just feel like they're missing something. And the website is Brandt, Brant B R A N Hansen, T H A N S E N dot com. Dude, I really appreciate what you do and how you do it. And um, there's, a guy, there's a guy up here named Bruxy Kavy who said that he is he, he likes you too, and he's kind of a big deal as well. So
1: he's got great yeah. hair.
0: Um, and I I read
1: who's got great hair, him or me?
0: No. I know Bruxy does. I don't know what you look like.
1: Yeah. Oh, check out my hair, man! If I will go against Bruxy, we can have a hair off, <laughs> hair on off. The Marshall
0: show. <laughs> yeah, I think Tim and I would win the hair off. Yes, uh, dude. Have a great time in Florida. You know, say hi uh, to thanks. some old. A Jewish person for me, please. You got it, man. Okay. Got it. Thanks, guys. See you, dude. Bye.